the shepherd psalm, probably the best known of all the psalms for us. And unfortunately, it's got a bad rap in this sense that we associate it with funerals. It's not about funerals at all. Uh, Psalm 23 uh, is one of the sweetest psalms that talks about how God takes care of you and I. How the good shepherd looks after his sheep and watches over us and takes care of us. And it's so instructive and so helpful to us personally. The thing that that, that strikes me most about it, at this time anyway, is the fact that the good shepherd is responsible for looking after me. And all I've got to do is follow. But he takes all the weight on his shoulders. And all I've got to do is follow. Right, so you need to grab your Bibles. <clears throat> We're going to read uh, through the Psalms. Only six short verses. We're going to read through. We're going to read through it twice, actually. We're going to read through it first. Uh, for what it says, and at the end, then we're going to read through it, and we're going to just note what we lose if we don't follow. Right? But right now, we're going to read through it quickly, and then we're going to focus on verse one uh, for the body of our message. Right? The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Isn't that a great truth? That's not. That's not. He's not. He's not kind of hoping. He's not making a conditional. He's saying, "No, the Lord is my shepherd; I won't want." He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Do the shepherd makes himself responsible for feeding the sheep? He takes them to where the food and the provision is. He he looks over them. The sheep don't have to have a a plan uh, for how they're going to feed themselves for the next year. All they need to do is follow He also provides water for them. He leads them beside the still waters. Sheep don't need to go hunting around in the desert looking for water. They don't need to stress out about all those things. All they need to do is follow. If they follow, he provides them with water. He restoreth my soul. You know, living in a sin-cursed world with broken people, as a broken person, you get beaten down. Almost be inhuman for us not to have those times when we get beaten down and we just feel, oh, I can't do it. I I just give up. It's too much. It's over my head. You know what the shepherd does for you, though? He restores your soul. He takes you aside and he takes care of you and he restores your soul. He brings you back to the place where it's okay and where you can serve and where you can go on. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, if you and I have got any righteousness about us, and we have because of him, there's a, there's a, a positional righteousness because of what Jesus did for us, and we can live righteous lives too, but you know, it's all because of the shepherd. It's because we follow him. He leads us in right paths. And right paths are always the best paths. They're always the paths that yield the most in our lives. But, you know, you don't have to search them out and forage around looking for them. He leads you in right paths. All you've got to do is follow. And he will lead you in right paths. Yea, now I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, I suppose you could apply this uh, to death, but I don't think it's talking about death. I think it's talking about life. There are times in life when it seems really dark. There are times in life when it seems really grim. 
There are times in life when it seems kind of hopeless. There are times when you look around you and you think, I don't know how to do this. I can't, I can't do this. But you know, if you're following the shepherd through those dark places in life, you have nothing to fear. Why? Because <clears throat> he's with you. He's there taking care of you. You know, <clears throat> what we need is not the absence of all the problems we like to have fixed in our lives. What we need is the shepherd. It's his presence. Because his rod and his staff, they comfort us. Are you afraid of something? Are you fearful of something? You have a shepherd who deals with those things for you. You have a shepherd who takes care of those things for you. That prepares a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Right? That same sounds like a silly place uh, to prepare a table. But you know, there are times in your life when there are enemies that would love to destroy you, to do you damage, to hurt you. But you know what the shepherd does? The shepherd prepares a table for you in their midst and he says, you can't go near them. Stay away. And though they might want to, though they might desire to hurt you and do you wrong, they can do nothing. When he says, no, you stay back, you can do nothing. He prepares a table for us in the midst of our enemies. He looks after us. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. I don't know when David wrote this psalm. I think the the beginning of it would have been in his own shepherd days. But I think maybe he's writing it at the end of his life. And he's talking about how good the good shepherd is. And he's looking at his life and he says, my cup runs over. Now, why does his cup run over? Well, because I'm clever and I'm a good leader and I've kind of pulled this nation together. And No, because the good shepherd has led me. The good shepherd has taken care of me. The good shepherd has protected me. The good shepherd has given me. And if we were to go through David's life and talk about David, we'd see not a perfect man, but we'd see a man that constantly had an eye on the shepherd. And when he got his eye off the shepherd, he got his eye back on the shepherd. Because he knew he couldn't do it without the shepherd. He was never intended to. Nor were you. God wants you to follow the shepherd. Follow the good shepherd. He said, my cup runneth over. My head, he anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. It's a good life. He's talking about a blessed life here. As you follow the shepherd. And then he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And that's that deep satisfaction of faith where he says, goodness and mercy are going to follow me. It's going to be okay. It's going to be good because I'm with him. And I think we know those moments in our lives, some more than others, but we know those moments when we think, it's okay. The shepherd's in charge. He's got his hand on it. I'm okay. Uh, he's going he's gonna to work it out. It's, it's going to be fine. And it's the rest of faith. And it's living at its best. It's living in the, the bosom of your Savior while you're on earth. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I'm going to go to heaven. And I'm going to spend an eternity uh, with him. It's a wonderful psalm. It's got great truth for us and great help to us. Um, But let's ask the Lord to apply it to our souls so that we actually take it on board. Because, you know, I think he wants you to live this. um, 
He does, doesn't he? He wants you to live in this psalm. He wants you to make a space for yourself and live in this place where you're taken care of and you're protected and all your needs are met because the good shepherd's taking care of you. Let's just pray. Father, would you bless us? Help us, Lord, with your word now, Lord. Apply it to our hearts, Lord. Lord, we've heard it so many times, it's easy for us to skip along and skip over it and oh, miss the depth and the reality of it. May it not be so, Lord. Would you bless your children today, Lord, and may we find ourselves as the sheep of your pasture, cared for, watched over, loved, and cherished. And may we rest in that place, and may we follow you wherever you lead. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, so we're going to focus on verse 1, and then we're going to read through the, through the psalm again at the end. All right, Ephraim, you are going to do this for me today, okay? <laughs> um, Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Would you give me the first point there, Ephraim, please? First of all, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're going to focus on the word Lord here. Who is this Lord that has taken over and claims to be your shepherd? Well, it's, this is Jehovah that we're talking about this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord of Lords. Ephraim, I think if you press it again, the Lord, the word Lord will come up there, right? Um, this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord of Lords, the the one who's in charge of all of it. This is the one uh, who created the universe as we knows it, as we know it. This is the one who put it all in place and spoke it all into place and did it with a flourish and did it with a wonder and did it with just a glorious power. Because he's the Lord. He's in charge of all of it. There's nothing of it that's not under his control and uh, in his power. Uh, he's the sustainer of all of it. Do you realize that the, <clears throat> the, the stars stay in their orbs and the world stays in its, uh, its position and the sun stays in its position and everything works as it should? Why? Because he's on it. He's not an absent God. He's not a God that created it all and set it all in motion and, and walked away. Uh, he's, he's the Lord of all of it. He rules all of it. it. It's his world. And though at times to you and I it looks pretty chaotic, it looks like, you know what, it's all just kind of uh, panning out whatever way it's panning out and uh, we have no way of knowing how it pans out and, uh, and how it works out. It's all under his control and he is going to take and bring all of it to the conclusion he has set for it. Nothing's going wrong in it all. You and I look at the situation and we go, oh, but there's, there's, there's problems and there's difficulties and there's... I, I know there are. I understand that there are. But... <clears throat> Do you know that in the end, he is going to take and work it all out to be exactly the way he wants to work it out? He's on it. This world is not out of control. Your life is not out of control. It might feel so at times. You see, we have in John chapter 10, 10, Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Do you know that... God has taken such an interest in your life as a sheep of his pasture that he's the good shepherd and, and he said, I'll give my life for you. He couldn't give more. You're in real safe hands. 
you're in the hands of the one who's got his hand, uh, his finger on the controls of the world and there's nothing going on in your world that he doesn't allow. Now, I, I understand. I, you, you may be facing things right now and you're saying, but how's he involved in this? Those are not always easy questions to answer. But, but know this. Understand this. That in spite of the fact that you and I get it wrong and other people get it wrong, God takes and he turns it all to good. All things work together for good. God is working in your life. All things are working... He's the one who is the great I am, the giver of life. He's the one who's in charge of all of it. And he says, I'm your shepherd. Now, look, I could say I'm your shepherd, and uh, in a sense I am. I'm the pastor, the shepherd of the flock. But you know what? There's only so much I can do. I have, don't have ultimate power or anything like it. I, I'm a human being like you. I fail. I miss it. But he never does. He's the good shepherd. And he's got you. And you're okay. And it'll all be fine. And one day it's all going to work out and you're going to say, I am so glad for the shepherd that led me and guided me. I am so glad for the one that had it all in his hands. He's the good shepherd. After we give the next one. The next thing he says, though, is the Lord is my shepherd. Do you know it's personal? It, it, it's not just, he could have just said, well, I'm the shepherd of the sheep or I'm the shepherd of the flock. Or, no. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. If you're born again, he's your shepherd. You say, well, hang on a minute. I, I, I ain't so sure about that. Look at the state of my life. No, he's your shepherd. You know, what amazes me is that we tend to put all the emphasis on us, don't we? I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do the other. We, we, we just naturally do. That's the way we live. And, and all the problems of my life are caused by the fact that I didn't do it right. And, you know, there's truth in that. We get it wrong, and we mess things up. But we forget that he doesn't say, I'm the shepherd if you do the right thing. He's your shepherd. Do you know that a shepherd will have sheep that follow very closely? And he will sheep have sheep that are kind of a bit wayward. The one that finds the hole in the fence, the one that kind of gets drawn away. But he doesn't say, well, I'm the shepherd of these good sheep and I'm not the shepherd of those bad sheep. He's the shepherd of all the sheep. He's responsible for all the sheep. He undertakes the care of all the sheep. And in some senses, he puts more work into the ones that are causing trouble and going the wrong way and doing their own, doing their own thing. He'll go after them and bring them back. He'll, uh, he'll take care of them. He'll even uh, discipline them in the sense that he, that he, that he will uh, help them to stay close to him. But he's the shepherd of all the sheep. Wherever you come, as far as God is concerned today, he's your shepherd. He's the one that's got it. He's the one that's got it. I, I, I love Jacob in the Bible, right? Now, I love Jacob on the one hand, but I feel he's such a sad character. And here's why I feel Jacob is such a sad character. You see, Jacob is a man that is clearly blessed. He's blessed uh, in his home. He's blessed when he goes to Uncle Laban's house. He's blessed in his marriages. 
He's blessed in his provision and his care. He's blessed in his flocks. He's blessed in everything. But it's like he never knows it. It's like poor Jacob always feels, I've got, I got to make something else happen. I've got to do this. and I've got to be on top of it. And I, and I got, he was always pushing and striving and trying to make things happen. And, and I always want to say to him, Jacob, Jacob, would you just cool it and relax? God's got it. He's looking after you and he's doing a great job. You're, you're only getting in your own way. But Jacob says this at the end of his life when he stands before uh, <clears throat> fair, uh, when he stands before his son Joseph. Uh, Genesis 48, verse 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before, before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, did walk, the God which fed me. And that word fed there is the word we get our word shepherd from. The God that took care of me all my life long unto this day. Now think about it. Was Joseph a good was Jacob a good sheep or a <clears throat> wayward sheep? He was a wayward sheep, wasn't he? He was always going his own way and doing his own thing. He was always messing things up. You know, he's tricking his brother, he's getting in trouble, lying to his dad, he's uh, he's tricking his uncle Laban, he's hates one wife and loves the other. You know, he's he's always up to some scheme. That's his name, schemer. He's always up to some scheme that's going to, get, going to make, the, make things good for him. But at the end of his life, he looks back over his life and he says, Yeah, the good shepherd took care of me all through it. The good shepherd was there in my life all through it. Here's the point I want you to understand. Look, you and I don't get it all right. And definitely we can make life harder for ourselves. I think Jacob made life pretty hard for himself. But the good shepherd will still be your shepherd, whatever's going on in your life. Because he's committed to you. Because he's going to watch over you, take care of you, bring you back, feed you, look after you, because it's on him. He's the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He's your shepherd. If you're his child, he's going to look after you. He's going to take care of you. Why? Because that's who he is. That's what he does. He's the shepherd. He's my shepherd. Right? Now, number three, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Ephraim, can I get you to press that one as well? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hey, focus on the word shepherd. And what does it mean to have a shepherd? We've talked some about it already. But you know, <clears throat> the shepherd undertakes to provide for the sheep. He's going to provide. He's going to preserve them. Some, something comes to attack the sheep. The shepherd is going to put himself between them and the harm. <clears throat> Someone's going to hurt the sheep. The, the shepherd is going to go, David fought the lion and the bear. The shepherd is always going to step in between the enemy and the sheep because that's who he is. Now, the hireling, Jesus said, doesn't. But the good shepherd does. He protects the sheep from the enemy. He preserves the sheep. He <clears throat> directs the sheep. Sheep don't have a council of you know, food for the next year, where we're going to go for food and where we're going to go for water and <clears throat> how the plan is going to go with the seasons. They don't know anything. They just follow. They just follow after the good shepherd. They, they follow after him because he's the director. 
He takes it on himself. Uh, in fact, the shepherd to the sheep is everything. And the sheep get to know their shepherd and they follow their shepherd. The sheep get to know their shepherd and they know when he comes around, it's grub time. When, when there's danger, the sheep will, will, will run to the shepherd because they, they get to know instinctively that it's him that takes care of them and him's, it's him that watches over them. Right? You know, you and I need to understand that. It's the shepherd that takes care of me. It's on him. It's not on me. I've just got to follow. You know what? If you want to de-stress your life, there's no greater way to distress your life than to recognize yourself as a sheep under the shepherd. There's no greater way for you to come to a place of ease and of rest in your life than to re- He's the shepherd. All I've got to do is follow him. All I've got to do is go after the shepherd. He's, he's going to take care of me. He's going to look after me. I'm, I'm fine. Spurgeon says this. He says, the sweetest word of the whole is that monosyllable, My. He does not say, the Lord is the shepherd of the world at large and leadeth forth the multitude of his flock. But the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me. He watches over me and preserves me. The words are in the present tense. Whatever the believer's position, he is even now under the pastoral care of Jehovah. Listen to it again. The Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me. He watches over me. He preserves me. The words are in the present tense. Whatever the believer's position, he is even now under the pastoral care of Jehovah. He's watching out for you. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that just a glorious truth for you and I to have in our hearts, for you and I to recognize as our reality? Isaiah 40 verse 11 says this. It says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Uh, Spurgeon again, he says, Why doth he carry the lambs in his bosom? Because he hath a tender heart and any weakness at once melts his heart. Do you ever feel like your weakness is abhorrent to God? Do you ever feel like your weakness and your failing is something that God just looks at you and he, he hates? And by implication, he kind of sort of hates you because of your weakness and your failing. That's a lie. That's not the way the shepherd treats the sheep. That's not the way the shepherd looks after the sheep. Our weakness melts his heart. Our weakness draws us to him. Let me read you a verse here. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is nigh them that are of a broken heart, and he saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalm 51 says, That a broken and a contrite heart thou wilt not despise. You know, what does put between us and him is pride, simply because he can't come through and deal with that in us. But you know what? The good shepherd isn't repelled by your weakness or by your failing. In fact, he's drawn to you. If you'll get honest with him, he's drawn to you in it. Well, the enemy likes to use it to put between us and him. But the good shepherd is drawn to him. 
He wants to help you. The size, the ignorance, the feebleness of the little ones of his flock draw forth his compassion. It is his office, a faithful high priest, to consider his weak. Besides, he purchased them with blood. They are his property, and he must and will care for that which cost him so dear. Then he is responsible for each lamb bound by covenant engagements not to lose one. Now catch this. You and I sometimes feel very responsible for ourselves, and sometimes we feel very responsible for others. But you know, there's one who takes responsibility for you. If you're his child, you're going to heaven. Regardless of what happens between this and then, you're going to heaven. Why? Because he's going to see to it. He's going to take you there. He's going to bring you with him. Because it's his responsibility to get you. Now, listen, you can go there easy or you can go there hard. But you're going there because you're his. You see, the good shepherd seeks, cares, delivers, gathers, watches over. You can put in all the other words there. You. He's that intimately involved in your life. He watches over you. He's there. He cares. The shepherd doesn't train the sheep to be clever or independent. Shepherds don't hold how to find feeding classes for the sheep. Sheep couldn't handle that. You know what he does? He just leads them to the food. And they learn to depend not on themselves but on the shepherd. There's no learning to do it yourself. What makes a good sheep, not being fast, clever, or independent, just being humble enough to follow the shepherd. Just being humble enough to say, I can't. Don't have all the answers. Can't plot the course. Can't make it happen. Lord, you lead not follow. That's what makes a good sheep. Somebody who's humble enough to follow. I am a sheep, weak, defenseless, and foolish, and I always will be. For some of you, that's hard to say. Some of you kind of struggle against that. Because, you know what, the world tells you there's more in you than that. But when it comes to following the shepherd... You finding your strength within yourself becomes an obstacle because it always leads to pride. You don't need to find strength within yourself. You need to find your strength in the shepherd. He's got it. He's got you. He's taking care of you. And he will not lose any of you. He's going to take you there. All right, number four. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you know that you and I are never going to want? Now, I know there are things that we want. It's Christmas time. They're telling us all the things that we want and all the things that we need and all the things that we have to have. And probably you're not going to get all the things that you would like this Christmas. But that's not what it's talking about. What he's saying is you'll never lack anything you need. Now, why? Why? Will you never lack anything you need? Because I'm the good shepherd. I'll take care of you. I'll make sure you have what you need. 
Now, the pain comes for you and I when, when we get to the place where, where we want more than he's given. Or when we don't want some of the things that he does bring into our lives. But he's a good shepherd. He says, you'll never lack. I'll take care of you. I'll, I'll watch over you. I'll, I'll meet the needs in your life. I'll take care of all of it. Now, just pause and think about that for a second. What does that mean to you? That means between now and the moment you pass out of this world, there's never going to be something that you genuinely need that he doesn't take care of. He's, he's going to take care of it. Now, wouldn't that take a lot of stress out of life? Now, why? Because he's enough. And if you had nothing else, but you had him, he would take care of you. He would protect you. He would lead you to food and water. Food and water. He, he would make sure that you had everything that you need. Why? Because that's who he is. And that's his job in your life. He's going to take care of you. Now, if we can just get our heads around that, then we're safe. It's okay. The problems that, 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 that seem like they're going to destroy us, they're not going to destroy us. Because I don't have to work it all out. I just have to follow the shepherd. And he works it all out. Now let me throw a spanner in the works for you and have you think it through. I mean, <clears throat> when he says, I shall not want, you shall not want, is that true? Is the shepherd enough? Is all that you need found in the shepherd? What about if we didn't get the job we desire? Is the shepherd enough then? What about if our husband or wife leaves us or they die suddenly? Is the shepherd enough? What about if our children go wrong and they go on to drugs and alcohol? Is the shepherd enough? Can we just keep on following? And will it be okay? Will it be fine? <clears throat> what if we remain single all our life? Is the shepherd enough? What if we don't have success by worldly standards? Is the shepherd enough? Could he be enough for us no matter what happens? Could he, could he be enough for us since he's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and he rules in everything and nothing can happen apart from him? If he allows some of those things into our lives, would he be saying to us, I, I know this hurts, but it's for your good and I am enough. Just follow me. Could he be saying that to us? And could, even in what looks like disaster from the world's perspective, could we have peace and just follow the shepherd? Just, just, just follow after him. Just, just keep on looking after him. Now let's read our <clears throat> psalm again. And I'm going to flip it for you, okay? The Lord is my shepherd... I shall not want. 
Do you know the Lord is not your shepherd? And the only way the Lord cannot be your shepherd is if you're not saved, you're not born again. You're going to know want in your life. And, you know, you say, but hang on, I, I think I can make it. I think I can make enough money to make everything happen. No, you're going to know want because there's no way that a human being can have everything that they need in this world. There's going to be want. But we'll say you are his, you are his sheep. If you follow the shepherd, he's, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Do you know, if you don't follow the shepherd, you're going to strive. You're going to struggle. And you're not going to enjoy the green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You're not going to come to that place where the waters are still. And the sheep don't like fast-moving waters. You're not going to come to that place where the waters are still. Because that's where the shepherd leads you. He restores my soul. Who's going to restore your soul when the world beats you down? If you don't follow the shepherd. Oh, so many of the children of God end up with souls that are torn up and broken up. and They never come to the place of resting in the shepherd so he can restore them. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. You know, apart from following the shepherd, you won't find righteousness. It's in him, not in you. It's in him. Um, <clears throat> yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, if you don't follow the shepherd, you're going to know a lot of fear. There's a lot of scary things out there. There's a lot of things to be afraid of out there. Uh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know, you're going to know enemies that you can't handle and you can't depend on somebody to take care of you while those enemies are trying to hurt you. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. You know, you're a child of God today, and you don't follow the shepherd, and you live your life, you're going to end up like Jacob. And Jacob could say, the Lord fed me all the days of my life. But Jacob could never say, my cup runs over. Because Jacob was always trying to fill his cup from people and things that ultimately couldn't fill his cup. But David said, no, my cup's full and it's overflowing because I follow the shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I would think that sense of goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life is probably the sweetest thing that we can enjoy on this planet. And it comes from following the shepherd. But you won't know it if you don't follow him. So as we close, first of all, if you're going to be a sheep, you need to be saved. He becomes your shepherd the moment you get saved. Secondly, to be a good sheep, you have to follow. That's all. You don't have to work it out. You don't have to get a Bible college degree. You don't have to learn all the plans and how to work things out and how to do things. You just need to follow. And the simplest of us can do it. Sometimes the simplest people do it better because they recognize, I just need to follow. And the, the ones that have some things together in their lives tend to get too much involved 
They want to work it out. They want, they want to plan it out. They, they want to make it out themselves. And you just need to follow. It's all on him. It's, it's not on you. You just, you just need to follow. I love it. I'm all for simple. I think it's because I am simple. I, but, I, but you know what? All you need to do is follow. And if you've been running from the shepherd, you need to bring yourself back under his rod. Now, why? Not so you get saved again. You don't need to get saved again. You're saved. You're his. You're going to heaven. He's, he's, going, to, he's going to be your shepherd anyway. But you know this, <clears throat> that if you're running from the shepherd, he can't bless you the way he wants to. And don't you want blessing? Of course you do. You're not a fool. Do you want blessing? Don't run from the shepherd. You see, the best thing we have in this life is the presence of the shepherd. That's the best thing. That's the best of the best of the best in this life. It's the presence of the shepherd. Everything else comes from the presence of the shepherd. Philip Keller says this in his book. <clears throat> he says, Nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their master and owner and protector put them at ease as nothing else could do. In the Christian's life, there is no substitute for the keen awareness that my shepherd is nearby. There is nothing like Christ's presence to dispel the fear, the panic, the terror of the unknown. It is the knowledge that my master, my friend, my owner has things under control, even when they may seem, uh, may appear calamitous. This gives me greater consolation, response, and rest. You know what? <clears throat> we have a good shepherd. He's got you. All you need to do is follow. And when it get dark, gets dark, he's there. When it looks like everybody's going to starve, he'll feed you. When there's no water, he'll find your water. When you need rest, he'll find your rest. When you've got enemies, he'll take care of it. Goodness and mercy will follow you and your cup will overflow. All you've got to do is follow the shepherd. Let's stand for prayer.